Ogumbawale for the win. everyone and welcome to hump day on the locked on women's basketball podcast today's episode is brought to you by built bar go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your next order i'm lindsey gibbs co-host of the women's sports podcast burn it all down and author of power plays a newsletter about sexism in sports which you can subscribe to at powerplays.news I'm also a huge WNBA fan, which is why I'm here today. Hopefully, you've all been tuned in to the daily Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast episodes this week. On Monday, Gabe and Amy got you all caught up on a thrilling weekend of basketball that included the first overtime games. Uh, and on Tuesday, Eric Ayala uh, downloaded all of the bubble tea, aka the drama that's been happening on court and off, which has been a lot. Um, of course, Every Wednesday here, we go into deep dives on a couple of teams to get you all caught up on some things you might have missed. Um, we're going to start by talking with Kim Doss, a contributor at The Next, who writes about the Pac-12 and the Phoenix Mercury, and we'll be talking to her about those Mercury. And then I've got Alexis Philippou of the Hartford Current about the Connecticut Sun. So let's dive right in. Kim, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Let's just get let's just get right into it. Uh, Phoenix Mercury are seven and seven on the season. They're, they sit at sixth in the standings. They are coming off a very close eighty-eight to eighty-seven win over the Mystics. Um, and this Wednesday, they'll play the Connecticut Sun at ten p.m. Eastern. Obviously, there's some big news in the front court as Brittany Griner has left the. Um, IMG campus left the wobble. We'll get to that in a minute, but I wanted to start by talking about the guards because we've got Diana Tarasi um, back in action this season. And then of course we have their big offseason acquisition, Skylar Diggins-Smith. Um, I just wanted to ask you, someone who's been watching all their games, how has how have they looked? Like, how have these two been able to work together? What's their chemistry like? Um, I guess just how, how is it going so far? Well, I think it took a while. Um, Skyler wasn't available during training camp, so they didn't actually play together till the first game. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Well, injury was, was, I don't think I knew, I knew that. Yeah, um, we didn't go till the first game. <laughs> <laughs> tell us that <laughs> love that love that um, yeah <laughs> so funny um so but so so yeah so it took a while and of course they lost the first two games but is it coming together a little bit better now um i believe so what we're seeing is tarasi's doing a lot of work outside okay. skyler's doing it inside um with, uh if you look at three point attempts she's She's only taken like, Tarasi's only taken like 3.7 attempts inside the arc this year. She's taken almost eight from outside. Wow. So it's not so much that her three-point attempts are going up, it's that her getting inside is going down. And Skyler's doing a lot of that. Her work is being done on the drive. In that sense, they're working well together. And they're both 
dishing off. Um, Tarasi's got almost five assists a game. Skyler at four. So they're both playing on and off the ball, but Skyler's doing more of the drive and get into the hole, and Tarasi's hanging around outside. Yeah, and I think it seems to be working fairly well for them. Um, but a big reason for that is because of this third guard that wasn't talked about too much coming into this season. Um, but that's Bria Hartley. Um, so you've got Diana Trossi, who's averaging 18.1 points per game. She's just coming off of a 34-point performance against the Mystics, um, where she pretty much single-handedly won that game for yeah, uh, the Mercury, uh, seven threes. Skyler is, is um, averaging 15.1 points per game, um, which is still really solid, even though she's not, you know, really hasn't taken over any games. She has a great shooting percentage, so when she is taking the shot, she's usually making them. But then there's right. Rhea Hartley, who they signed from the New York Liberty, um, who's averaging 15.4 points, 4.8 assists, and shooting 41.3% from the field. Why is Bria Hartley, who a lot of people scoffed when they signed her to such a huge offseason uh, contract, why is she working in this system so well? Well, for one thing, she's told she can shoot, is what she tells us. Um, she said she's never been in that position where in her pro career of being told, you need to score for us. So she's actually doing it for one thing. But for another, the pick and roll system is just working well for her. And she's doing, she's doing a lot of driving as well. She's, kind, she's coming in when Skyler's out usually. And she's getting to the hole a lot. Um, one thing we've seen, though, with the Mercury is, you know, there's been, Diana was out for a couple of games, um, thankfully not for for too long um, with it with the back or hip area injury. Um, Bria Hartley was out for a couple games with a foot injury. Uh, so you've seen some guards rotating in and out of that lineup, that starting lineup. Um, Bria Hartley is in the starting lineup right now, but she's mainly been coming from the bench and has been a leading candidate for sixth woman of the year, which we'll have to see if she can still qualify for that if she stays in the starting lineup. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, might, it might change their campaign plan yeah. a little bit, but um, you've got three other uh, guards, um, Walk, Shatori Walker-Kimbro, um, Nia Coffey, and Sophia Cunningham. Cunningham. Earlier in the season, um, Sophie Cunningham was added to the starting lineup. There were a few games with uh, Nia Coffey in the starting lineup, a, a game with uh, Shatori. They weren't working. They put uh, Cunningham in that starting lineup for the first couple of um, weeks, and she really got them going. What does she bring to this team? Um, probably toughness. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Um, what about Shatori Walker-Kimbrough? But what has she brought when she's been in the game? And why do you think she's been able to have a few breakthrough moments on this team? I think it's her versatility. She gives them a little bit more athleticism. Um, she gives a different look. Uh, I think that's basically it. That's what they were looking for. Yeah. They said yeah. when they put this together, we're versatile players. How do you think Sandy is going to use these all, you know, this kind of mixture of six guard and wing players going forward? Um, and let's let's pretend we don't know for sure, of course, but if Griner doesn't come back, does it seem like she's going to stick with having the three guards, Skylar, um, Tarasi, and Bria Hartley in the starting lineup? Is that what you would expect going forward? I, I think so. And um, I think it's for defense. I mean, 
Sophie is tough, but if you look at defensive rating, she was at the bottom of the squad. And that's back because nobody in the squad has a great defensive exactly. rating. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Sandy has talked about Maria being a good on-ball defender. So, and they've had problems stopping the ball. Okay. You know, just leaving yeah. lanes open right and left. <laughs> yeah. They really do. Yeah. So I would expect Rhea to stick in that starting lineup for a while. I think that's very interesting. You know, obviously you can tell every game how much they miss Jessica Breland, who they signed in the off season and is, is missing this entire season um, due to COVID. Um, she got a medical exemption. And I, I often think about, you know, how, how much they miss her length and her uh, size, because these are not really big guards you've got here right. um, with Tarasi and Diggins Smith and Hartley. And that's where they're going to move on. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for that. We're going to move on to the front court and just one minute and answer some questions there. All right, Lindsay Gibbs here, back with Kim Doss from The Next. Kim, what is the latest on Brittany Griner? Well, they say if she comes back, it wouldn't be, she'd need the seven to 10 days quarantine again. So we wouldn't see her till the end of the season or playoffs anyway. And she, we know she left the Wubble for personal reasons. We don't know, we don't know any more details. We just want to say like, we wish her the best. Um, you know, Griner is just one of the stars of this league. One of the best. I just love her so much. And so warm. She's so warm. She's so lovely. I think one of the most make, probably misunderstood stars in this yeah. league. Um, and she was having a good season. She was averaging 17.7 points, 7.5 rebounds, three assists, and of course, another blocking uh, champion on the way. Yeah. But most of all, we just want her and her loved ones to be safe and healthy. So just sending our thoughts to her. So we're going to go on um, and talk about the front court as if, you know, she's not going to be there because that seems like the most likely outcome. Um, they don't actually have a lot of post players uh, left no. on the roster. They have Kia Vaughn, Brianna Turner, and Alana Smith. Does that give them enough to work with, <laughs> just those three players? And, and how are they going to go? Um, how can they? I don't know if... Um, make up for a Griner's absence is even possible, but do do something, play to their strengths in order to compensate for it. Well, I think as with with their um, perimeter, with Smith, you've got some versatility there. You know, she's a shot blocker. She was in college. She was very good at that. She doesn't have the size of Griner, of course, but, but she's got the skill and the timing. Yeah. Um. She can hit the outside. She can stretch a little bit. Yeah. You know, play that stretch a little bit. But you're not going to make up for Groiner. She she's six nine. You know. <laughs> yeah. That, that's hard to make up with. Uh, you did though. I thought it was really interesting in the game against the Mystics. Which look. The Mystics, A, had a great chance to win that game, and they were playing, first of all, you know, they came in to this season without four of their biggest players, right. most of whom were post players. And then in this game, they didn't have Emma Mieseman, so they were right. really incredibly shorthanded and still almost won this game. Of course, they still had talent there. They played well. They were hit by seven at once. Yeah, it, it was a, you know? 
it was very much a comeback. And like I said, it was, it was Tarasi putting the team on their back. But what right. I did notice about the, the front court was it was almost like it took all three of them. You had Kievan, who was the starter, who really began the game hot, uh, with, which as you right. wrote, uh, nine points in the first half and 14 total, which I believe is her highest scoring game of the season. Alana Smith oh, yeah. came in with four blocks to add you right. know, that Brittany Griner. And then you had Brianna Turner with 17 Team. rebounds. She's got those for it, you know. Turner is probably their best rebounder. I agree. Even when, uh, even when, when Carter's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and she's been in the starting lineup pretty much all season um, as well. Uh, so, I do you think that's just what it's going to be like going forward? It's just going to have to be kind of a front court by committee, and they're just going to cross their fingers and, and, and that there's no more injuries? Because I don't know what they would do if there's another injury in that crew. Exactly. You know, Smith is, was injured most of the last year. They certainly don't want anything coming up there again, you know. No. Um, it's going to have to be, and they're each going to have to just play to what they do best and not worry about what they can't do. Yeah. You know, um, there's at this point, there's no other option. Yeah. And it's going to be, I think you were writing, um, and Tarasi was saying this, like they're going to be a much smaller team, obviously. Um, and not just because of um, the fact that they're missing Griner in that center spot, but also because they end up playing with three true guards, you know, right. in that lineup. So they're going to be smaller, but they're also going to be a little bit faster. Um, and, and that's just going to kind of change the game plan as a total. I think in order to get past even one round of the playoffs here, they're going to have to figure out some answers on defense. I think they're about, they're 10th in the league in rebounding, maybe, you know, fourth in the league in points allowed, ninth or 10th on defense overall. Right. Um, what's the key to fixing that defense, especially, you know, without Griner? How do they, um, how do they sure up defensively as we come to the, down the home stretch of the season? They need to stop penetration. They've got to close those lanes. Yeah. They're doing too much helping and leaving someone just wide open to waltz in there. You know, it's amazing how many times they're getting, the opponent's getting right to the hoop with no one in front of them. Yeah. That and unless they, they fix that problem at the perimeter, it doesn't matter what, the, in, what they're doing inside. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, well, listen, I still have – I. I still like this team so much. I like so many other pieces. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, look, I want to see Trossi have, a, have another playoff run or two. I think we all deserve that. So I hope that this team can get it together and give us that. And, uh, you know, we'll be checking in with you, Kim, as the season goes on, and especially looking at your coverage of the Mercury over on the next. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a lot. I'm glad to be here. You all can follow Kim Doss at Kim Doss 71 and follow her work at The Next, uh, which is 24-7, 365 women's basketball news over at thenext.substack.com. Also follow this podcast at Locked on WBB. You can follow me at Lynn Sports, L-I-N-Z Sports. And again, subscribe to my newsletter, Power Plays, at powerplays.news. Coming up, we've got Alexa Philippou of the Hartford Current to discuss what in the world is going on with the Connecticut Sun. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever 
I love it because as a newly minted vegetarian and also lazy human being, I struggle to get enough protein in my diet, but the improved Built Bar is even deliciouser than before. That is a word they want me to say, deliciouser. Uh, 18 amazing flavors, 12 original flavors, favorites like banana bread and German chocolate, plus six new flavors, including things like caramel brownie and cherry barcia. Uh, they're great for all health conscious people and help you reach your fitness goals, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, keto friendly. My favorite is the peanut butter because again, when we're talking about protein, it's got the highest 19 grams of protein, 180 calories on only five grams of sugar and five net carbs. You can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. All right, joining me is Alexa Philippou from the Hartford Current to talk about one of the most perplexing teams, I think it's safe to say, in the WNBA this season, the Connecticut Sun. They started uh, <laughs> the, the season uh, zero and five, not great. Uh, they're now six and eight after a six and four stretch, um, and they're in the midst of a three-day break, and then they will return to action uh, this is a Wednesday podcast, so on Wednesday night, 10 p.m., against the team we just discussed in depth, the Phoenix Mercury. Um, simple question to start out here, Alexa. What's been the key to this turnaround? Well, a few things, I think. Um, for one, this is a new team, way, I guess, newer than we ever thought it was going to be. We assumed that so many of these pieces would be coming back from that last year championship run, um, Connecticut Sun, but that didn't always end up happening. I think they were, um, it took them a while to figure out how to play without John Paul Jones. They ended up sitting out in case you guys are new sitting yes. out this season, um, just due to COVID spending time with her family. And she's been to the Bahamas for a lot of it, where she's from. It's her Instagram is very, uh, making me very jealous. Yes. I would <laughs> rather probably be in the Bahamas right now than, and than here, but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, John Paul Jones, um, opted out for those concerns. Um, obviously their star center, some people were even saying she was going to be an MVP this year, but, um, they had to figure out how to play without her. And, they ended up having six newcomers, six newcomers and six returners. Um, one of those newcomers, obviously, Dewana Bonner, who's you know a fantastic talent, has won two WMA titles, has all these accolades, but even her taking some time to figure out how she worked with the rest of the system took time. And interestingly, all those five games, they were pretty close, most of them. The Sun where they had like one, you know. I think, I think it might've been maybe four of the five that they let at halftime and then they just collapsed in this, you know, in the second half. So they had to figure out how to win. And they also had to figure out how to not have Alyssa Thomas and Dewana Bonner, you know, basically do all the work. Yeah. Those first, first few games. I mean, it was Dewana and Alyssa doing like, you've done the percentages of the scoring that they were doing. It was ridiculous. And they were also playing almost 40 minutes and it seemed like Kurt didn't quite, who is it known for having the most trust in newer players? Uh, you know, uh, Kurt was, was struggling a little bit to get other players moved into the roster to trust people. They were struggling to move the ball around. Was it literally just time or did something change from the players or from the coaching to um, help, you know, we've had much more, there's been much more balanced scoring. Yeah. Um, I think it was a matter of, of time, but also 
and this was maybe a little bit towards the end of that stretch, they actually got some of their players back. Teresa Plaisance finally seeing more and more time. Um, probably most importantly, Rian January got to camp and not only was she, not camp, but you know, the bubble. And not only is she kind of lauded for her leadership and for being a coach on the floor in addition to on the sideline, but she is helping both on both ends of the floor a lot. And we've really seen that, I think, in the last, um, I think she's played in five games, I want to say, the last five games, and she's made an immediate impact. So getting their full roster, and that's been such a huge, you know, storyline this season, right? Like teams are playing without their full rosters, trying to figure out how to be successful at that. Um, I think that's been hugely important. Um, although I will say, even since the beginning of the season, the team said um, one, I guess, upside of having the bubble is that they have been with each other 24-7, and they do feel like they were able to help kind of establish that chemistry quicker with such a new group. Yeah, and I mean, Bonner is having, I mean, she's, I don't think she's going to win it, but um, she's having an MVP candidate season, which we've seen from her before. 18 points per game, 7.7 rebounds per game, uh, 3.3 assists, 2.1 steals. Only place she's really struggling a little bit is her three-point percentage. It's down to 24.6. Um, you know, we're seeing her take some bad shots at times, get a little overeager, but a lot of that's, I think, fatigue too. Um, like I said, those first few um, couple of weeks she was playing almost 40 minutes per game every day um, and of course Alyssa Thomas and Jasmine Thomas um, the kind of key cogs for this team have been doing what they're known to do um, I think both have been a little bit more inconsistent than usual but that's everybody in the wobble right that's every single player in the wobble especially with new teams I want to talk about a few players who've kind of really impressed me and I think have really stepped up as the season's gone on um the first um as we've talked we were talking before this that we've got Brianna Jones Bria Holmes and Brie January and both Brianna and Brianne like to go by Brie so um yes. in addition to having the two Thomases <laughs> we just got a lot of uh there can be a lot of confusion on this roster so we'll try not to but let's start with center Brianna Jones who had the most kind of spotlight going in on her being um with John Quell out you know she's a starter she's a player that for the past couple of seasons the the Sun have said she's going to have a breakout season she's going to have a breakout season we see what she's doing in Russia you know, she's going to bring that here. And then you just kind of wouldn't see it, right? She didn't get the ball enough. Um, but it seems like with uh, like 11.2 points per game, um, 5.6 rebounds per game, uh, it seems like we're starting to see signs of that Russian star. What are you seeing from her and what is the team saying about her play? Yeah, so one of the things actually that always stood out to me was before the season started, um, after John Quell had opted out, Alyssa Thomas, who isn't necessarily, isn't necessarily the most um, talkative interviewer, she was very much, you get what I'm saying? I got that at the, with the, uh, Alexa and I spent a lot of time together at the WBA finals last year, because of course it was the Mystics playing the sun, and I did pick up on that, yes. Yes, I mean, she's, you know, not, not a bad, everyone has their own, you know, Thing yeah. with them, you know, they're talkative or they're not, but um, she would always, she was made it very clear that she, because she played with um, Bree Jones in Prague, I guess it was, I don't know if it was how many seasons it was or if it was just last season, but she was like, look, I've seen what she does overseas. Like I have the full confidence in her and that she's going to be able to fill this role as she needs to. And that kind of perked my ears up a little bit. Um, and I think 
by and large, you've really begun to see that. It's taken some time for Bree because I mean, you have to remember too, the first few games she went up against, I think it was like Sylvia Fowles twice <laughs> and like the first five or six games. And, um, you know, the, they, had, they had really good centers that they were facing um, just with the different matchups with the side. Now, for, oh, Emma Musiman, I guess, was one of them, like Natasha Howard. So it took her a little time to get situated, I think. But I do think that you're starting to see, and maybe this isn't going to be, she, she was never going to fully replace John Paul Jones. And that was, everyone knew that. Um, one thing that Kurt made pretty clear when we asked him what needs to change between, you know, the first 14 games of the season and the last eight, he said, well, we don't really have a rim protector like we did on defense with John Quell. And, you know, Bria is not, or yeah, Bria's not going to change into a rim protector overnight. So it's a different type of player, um, but I, I do think she's being able to fulfill that role well. And when they can get her the ball, when she can finish strong, which she is really good at doing, then you know it really helps the Sun succeed. So I want—I actually want them to try and give her the ball more. I know that Kurt loves to have Alyssa, Tom- like feed Alyssa Thomas, feed Duana, but I think they could even maybe have some room to see uh, for Bree to get the ball more. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, the games where she's gotten, you know, taken 10 shots, they've done pretty well. And I think I'm looking right now and they're, you know, maybe like three and one in those games. So, you know, something, of course, to look at. Another thing that surprised me as this season has gone on, um, we don't think of Kurt Miller, who I have to say is just one of my favorite interviews in the whole uh, (laughs) whole (laughs) league. You were lucky to have him because he goes into detail about everything. As I like to say, never had a a calm moment in his life. So he's like (laughs) that in interviews too. Or during the game, just hopping on the bike (laughs) on the (laughs) sideline. my favorite moment from the whole season in case you all missed it during what, who were they playing that game I can't remember um oh man was it the fever I it happened I, I think it might have been the fever where he just jumped on the exercise bike in the middle of the first half <laughs> just like so nervous <laughs> but like um, same right <laughs> but he's not known for um playing a lot of rookies um and you know uh heavy minutes is well since he developed his first kind of rookie class uh with the sun a few years ago and uh but kyla charles is she's gotten four starts she's a rookie i covered her at maryland for those of you who don't know i live in dc and cover the maryland women's basketball team a lot so got to know her um but she was kind of an afterthought on a lot of draft boards and kurt was excited to get her late in the second round and he's he's had faith in her what has he said about her and how do you see her maybe uh continuing to contribute or will she now that we've got january back yeah so Kurt has always been very high on Kyla's potential defensively. He said he, she has a, a toughness and a physicality that he would see, especially in practice, that not a lot of rookies have. And one of the, I think it was Dewana who was um, – or no, I think Jasmine Thomas was saying that Dewana and some of the other vets, like they never want to go up against Kyla in practice because they know <laughs> that she's going to give them a really tough time, which that's a big compliment if you're getting it from Dewana Bonner, right? Yeah. So, you know, we, we heard a lot about that. And like you said, she wasn't getting a, the rookies just in general, weren't getting a ton of time earlier in the season. And then he ends up inserting her into the starting lineup for a few games while um, Brie January was still working her way back. And, and by and large, you know, it worked pretty well. I think she, um, she's really shown like what we heard Kurt talk about, just being able to be that physical defender. Um, I think she has fell on that side of the ball 
on the league. And I know also a lot of people were kind of questioning whether or not she had, um, you know, she had range with her shot and she knocked down a couple threes this season. And so she was like, yeah, if, you know, I've been working on that. Like, I think she kind of felt, I don't say disrespected, but um, you know, she knew people maybe were using that as a knock against her, but I think she, if she can keep kind of developing that with, along with her defensive game, which is already ahead of her offensive game and she has a really bright future. Yeah, I think it's so interesting because she, it was something that those of us covering Maryland, I think between her junior and senior season, expected her to come back with a three-point game just because we knew how much she wanted to make the WNBA and it was just not something, but it wasn't really, I mean, they had so many three-point shooters on that team and it just wasn't something um, that, you know, that there was focus on. And I think that was concerning. I mean, I was concerned. I, I wondered, are they not doing it because she can't, you know, is that why this isn't being added? Cause why would you not want her to take a few threes? And I think it is, uh, you know, she's at least attempted one in almost every game and, you know, is making a, a good percentage of them. So that's, that's exciting to see. And, um, but you know, it's also a team that knows how to deal knows how to utilize mid-range jump shots well because they had that for so many years with Courtney Williams and that's where Kyla's always really excelled is with those mid-range uh, jump shots. Who else? You've got a we've got a long bench. We don't have time to talk about everyone. Um, Natisha Heideman has had some good moments. Um, you've also got Mosqueda Lewis and like you said Pl Plaisance. Um, Beatrice Montpremier is even um, a rookie they picked up after J Jones uh, um, after John Quell Jones opted out, has even seen the floor a little bit. And uh, there's Bria Holmes and the new signing, Essence Carson. I'm throwing a lot of names out here. On <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who, who do we, who do you think is going to make an impact as Connecticut tries to, um, you know, secure a playoff spot? Yeah, I'm really interested. I think mostly and to see how Bria Holmes progresses in the next kind of eight games and playoffs or however long that they are playing. Um, Bria's had a really interesting season and I'm going to ask specifically about her today to Kurt when I hop off this because we saw her um, even before the season, um, Kurt was envisioning this kind of larger role for her. She was going to be the starting two guard um, and he thought that she was, especially since last year was the first year after she came back from her pregnancy, he thought this was the year she was really going to make that jump. Um, she struggled a little bit at the beginning of the season, um, lost kind of her starting spot. And I don't think we're going to see her get that back just because of how Brie January is really filling that in so well and what she brings on both ends. But I think Bria, um, if she can continue to just be kind of like a, a spark off the bench, um, her three point shooting percentage is getting better. It was not great to start the season, but she's definitely shooting the ball better. Um, we're seeing her, um, you know, moments be really aggressive, you know, slashing to the rim. Um, if she can just go in and continue to do that, I think that would really help them long-term um, down the line because they need a little bit more help from their bench, especially if, you know, some of their normal players aren't having great nights, if they can get a little bit of that boost. But you do see in general, besides maybe Bria and Natisha, it's a little bit more even spread out in terms of their bench contributions and not, no one's coming in. It's not like the, you know, LA, Spark, LA Sparks bench that, maybe has like five all-stars on it but yeah. <laughs> they can still make an impact um yeah and is there anyone who besides Bria who you think has maybe been um I mean I hate like don't want to be negative but underperforming and that needs to to step up I mean one of the the people I'll just you know is you know if you got Mosqueda Lewis only shooting 21.6 percent from three and that's something that she was brought in 
to do. Um, you know, I mean, does Kurt talk about that? Is that something that the, the team, um, you know, has their eyes on needing to improve? Well, yeah, Kalina, it's, it's pretty, I mean, you know, cause she's a, she's a shooter. She's supposed to go in there and make these shots. And I mean, she probably, I think it's her, it's by far her worst shooting season so far. And I'm sure, you know, for shooters, it's a mental thing too, just being totally. able to overcome that. Um, I will say, um, you know, we saw, I, I, again, probably need to ask her more, but the sense I get is that she, he was using her a lot or putting her in a lot at the kind of one of the first few off the bench at the beginning of the season. Now she's kind of going in more towards garbage time. So I don't know if, if she, she would have to rebuild that trust, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I do. Um, but in general, they're just, I mean, Kurt's the first one to admit they're a terrible three-point shooting team right now. It's not just on one, any one person. It's not just Kalina that's going to fix that. It's not just Dewana being better, although that would help a lot. But they're the second worst <laughs> three-point shooting team. Um, they're only ahead of the Liberty. So that's one of Kurt's <laughs> – I know. Yeah, 30.3% on the season um, and only 42.6% from the field in general. And yeah, right. neither one of those numbers are going to are gonna even win you one playoff game, I don't think. Um, yeah. You're going to have to be better, better than that. So yeah, I agree. I think Bria Holmes stepping up, um, maybe Heidemann getting a little bit more because we know she's an exciting player that can make things happen. Um. I think that's it. I think that's all the questions I've got for you. I think I understand the turnaround a bit better now. Uh, where can people follow you on uh, social media and find your work? Yes. So um, the current current.com um, is a Hartford current website. Feel free to check in. We'll have, I'm actually really excited to have some more like future stories coming out about the sun um, that I've been working on during this slight break. Um, so you can look out for those. And then also on Twitter, I'm at Alexa Philippou. It's P-H-I-L-I-P-P-O-U. Very Greek last name. I always have to spell it because people will just butcher it otherwise. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's where you can find me. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me and all of us today. Thanks everyone for listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. Remember to subscribe and rate and review on your podcast apps and uh, tune in every single day daily women's basketball content. It's pretty, pretty hard to beat that.